Welcome back to another episode of the Fun Size Podcast. I am joined today by one of my one-on-one clients, Jessica. She's 5'2". She's a 20-year-old engineer student in Australia. And I am just excited to introduce you to her and let you guys hear her amazing and inspiring story. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Jess. Hi, Kirsten. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited for you to be here too. So can you first tell us a little bit more about who you are as a person? Like I know I just gave you a kind of brief rundown, but tell us more about you and who you are. Yeah, this is a really fun question to start off with. I got super creative, like answering it. And then I was like, we only have so much time. Can't get too in depth. As an engineer in training, my favorite title for myself is probably problem solver. Um, (laughs) I'm studying at the Australian National Uni in Canberra um, and I'm studying like engineering in renewable energy and kind of working towards a career in humanitarian engineering, so engineering in um, aid and disaster relief sort of contexts. Um, so that is the probably what the bulk of my life revolves around at the moment. Um, it's very, very intense study, but it's incredible. Um, and aside from that, I really love bouldering and hiking and reading and watching a lot of nerdy TV shows and movies um, and just hanging out with my church and my family and friends. So, yeah. What, what kind of nerdy TV shows? Um, I'm a huge West Wing fan, which okay. I feel like is not very usual for people in my generation. I think it was kind of a late 90s, early 2000s thing. So I haven't really found anyone my own age I feel like in any West Wing discussion, I'm always seen to be the youngest by two decades, but it's okay. (laughs) I'm sure there's someone else out there. (laughs) I feel like it'll be like a real rom-com meet cute when I have someone else who enjoys the West Wing. Totally, totally. Well, cool. So what was nutrition and fitness like for you before working with me? That's a really good question. I think looking back on it, Um, I was never really diagnosed with an eating disorder, but definitely my behavior over the last three years, nutrition wise, has been very characterized by disordered eating. I think, yeah, it's had way too much control over my life in the last couple of years. And I think it sort of started as like this coping mechanism during the end of high school. I was being bullied quite badly and very, like very isolated. I came from quite a rough school that didn't really focus on academic achievement and I'm a very high achieving person I have a lot of like ambitions in that area so just like studying sort of set me apart from other people and so I was really isolated and I'd never had like great body image but I think the stress just made my behavior deteriorate a lot And I always had this like thought in the back of my mind, like I'm really nice and I'm smart and I'm super cute. If I could just be like a tiny bit skinnier, then I would sort of like have everything and I would just, you know, I would fit in a little bit more or whatever. And like, I wasn't a large person, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just always had that thought in the back of my mind. And also around that time, My mom, who I absolutely love and adore and who is my biggest supporter, started her own weight loss journey and her own sort of health journey. And so it was really, really frustrating to watch her just like 
drop a whole heap of weight really quickly. Um, whereas I got to a point where I was pretty much eating like next to nothing and exercising as much as I could um, and could still like not lose any weight. So yeah, I feel like definitely, sorry, definitely a bit of a like trigger warning for anyone with ED symptoms, but I would do a lot of crazy things like throw up or spit out my food, restrict food groups, restrict, restrict the time that I ate food to like got to like four or one hour windows, like in the evenings, all the time whilst trying to up my exercise. So I feel like then of course that restriction made me go totally the opposite way. And then I would feel really very out of control sometimes, which as someone who is a get up at 6am extreme color-coded timetable sort of person being out of control is, is not a great feeling. So I feel like it, the end of my first year of uni, it pretty much got to the point where I couldn't, there are some days I couldn't get out of bed. I thought I had chronic fatigue. Um, and so I was going to a couple of different doctors being like, I just, I feel so tired all the time. I don't know what's going on. And I remember like trying to finish my first year electronics and mechanics exams and just barely being able to stay awake for a whole day. Like I remember one day I slept in till like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And I was like, this, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what is happening with my body, but what nobody knew, like not my, I was, I'm living away from home. I was, that was my first year of living away from home. Um, so like my parents, my best friend, what none of them knew is that I was literally trying to live off like green smoothies and multivitamins and my poor brain and body were just like, not having any of it. Right. So yeah. yeah, but thankfully I feel like before I started with you, I was trying to, I, I had recognized that. I feel like in last year I was trying to work on eating a bit, but it was still like very severely restricted. And I think it, it got to the point where I just had no idea what was healthy and what was unhealthy anymore because the ED had sort of like messed with my brain so much that I was like, I don't know whether this is that talking or whether this is actual like good, healthy advice. So yeah, yeah. totally. I just want to say like everything you just said, it's not, I don't want to use the word common, but it's very relatable. I think every Mm. female has gone through something like this at some point in her life, whether it lasted for years, whether it lasted for a week, like those feelings are very, very real and they do lead you to do those kind of restrictive things. And also I want to kind of touch on what you said about seeing your mom go through her own weight loss journey. So my mom has always been pretty like conscious of all of that too. Mm. Um, but she never like actively went on a weight loss thing. She never like said, Oh, I'm on a diet, but like there were things that she would do that I was totally aware that she was on a diet and I love my mom to death. She's great. Like she, like, I love her, you know, and I'm not saying anything bad here, but I think that there's this untalked about thing that happens there that I'm not really sure what to do with. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I've been so blessed that I can talk to my mom about this and sort of, as I've been recognizing, bring it up. And it's, it's totally without criticism, but it is an observation, like the behavior that the relationship that our parents have with their food is Mm -hmm. very, very influential, I think on how 
we view food because if it's like a control mechanism that we are wanting to like use to change ourselves it's viewing it like as something that something other than what it should be which is fuel and nutrition and something that should be enjoyed it I yeah as I said before I've been very lucky to be able to have discussions with her about that and how that impacts our family um because I know like I have a, I have a younger sister I really don't want her to have to go through the same thing that I had to get right. through yeah. to the other side of it so I feel like it is one of those things that needs to be like more openly discussed in families totally totally agree there so what was it that made you want to work with me like what was it that was like okay I have to address this now, not after university, not in 10 years. Like I need to do it right now. I think I really got to a point. I was just very, very frustrated. I was very frustrated because I still wasn't losing any weight, which I feel like is another bit of a, like, not a stigma, but people don't often realize that you can be eating in a really disordered way and Mm -hmm. still not lose weight. And -hmm. I feel like that always put me off doing anything about it for a while there because I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like my body still looks the same. It mustn't be an issue, even though I was displaying a lot of other symptoms. Like my hair got really thin and my skin was all terrible. And anyway, but I never like lost a ton of weight, like someone with anorexia Mm -hmm. tends to do or something like that. So I was very frustrated with that side of it, but also I was incredibly frustrated because it was eating away at so much of my time. And I am a very productive and effective person. And I just hated that food and like body checking and all of that sort of stuff was just like taking up so much time. Like I'm the kind of girl that like plans what she wears the night before, puts it out on the bench, like over here and just like gets up, gets dressed and goes. But I was becoming the person who like gets up, gets dressed, looks in the mirror, hates what she sees and changes her clothes 20 times, which then takes half an hour, which then is half an hour that you could have done something productive with your life, like go for a walk or call your friends or whatever. So I really, I really hated like, who all of this behavior was making me become. And I just thought like, I, I don't have time for this. I can't have this. Like I, I didn't like living in fear all the time. And I didn't like that. It was controlling me better to address it sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And that's a huge realization too, to be like, Mm. okay, like this is a problem. And yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, I just want to commend you for that. Cause it's, I think yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. I do think it's inspiring <laughs> given your age and all that. Cause like most 20 year olds, sorry, no offense, but they just keep <laughs> through that kind of stubbornness. I know I did. So mm. yeah, I just want to like yeah. kind of bring that to light. I'm going to add about particularly why I chose your program because I've I've been very fortunate I feel like Instagram can be a really negative thing for a lot of people but for me it's been a very very positive thing I've been very very careful about what kind of people I follow on there but I've been very lucky to find some great communities but yeah I feel like your program I appreciate it was particularly for small people which I am (laughs) 
and also not necessarily for people who had to lose like a ton of weight. So I, I feel like in US sizes, I don't know, like maybe a 10 or an eight I was when I started and now I'm probably an eight or a six. So like not someone who has like a whole heap of weight to drop, but someone who is wanting to like tone themselves up, become stronger, become like, you know, you say like tighter and lighter, like, mm-hmm. um, and so I think I recognized that was also a good thing because it wasn't like an extreme thing. It was like very sustainable, very curated to the type of body that I kind of wanted to have and already was sort of fitting into your like niche little thing. Um, but also I really appreciated how much the program centered around like knowledge and empowerment. So it was just sort of, it wasn't just like follow this plan. It was really learning about our own bodies and taking our like pocket sized qualities and making it such a good thing. Like I love being a petite person, like it's perfect for hugs and I am the best (laughs) at hide and seek. Like I'm 20. I'll admit it. I still win hide and seek when we play with my family because I can fit in all of the cupboards that nobody thinks to look in. Plus I can climb. So it's just like ridiculous powerhouse levels of hide and seek, which is a massive detour that you didn't need to know. But yeah, I feel like it was very, very exciting to find something that, yeah, appreciated the type of body that I was. Well, first off, thank you. Like you're literally making me about to tear up because that is exactly what I want to do in all of this is like, I want to give you that knowledge and that empowerment for you to go on the rest of your life, feeling proud to be petite and do the things that feel good to you and align with your body. But secondly, I have this book right here that I got off of Amazon. It's called, I'd rather be short. And it's like a hundred things of like, why it's good to be short and it's so cute and so fun it's actually and one, of the so things, one of the things is like I always went at hide and seek I don't know what number it is but they're like the cutest little things in here like let me find you one number 54 you're always a little spoon no brainer like just like really cute things in here it, it's That's adorable very, so very true it's called I'd rather be short by Becky Murphy I can share shoes with my younger sister who for context is the grand old age of 10. Um, So we're like sharing cute leopard print um, like vans and stuff. I obviously not at the moment because I'm away from home, but over the summer there was a bit of clothes swapping going on, which is, and I gave her some of my old shirts. So I was like, this is so funny. You're like 10. We'll have to get the clothes swapping out of the way because she's got that she's got the height happening already. So she's going to be a long blonde legged lummox and I'll just be the short, fiery, almost redhead. I, I wish I had a sister just for that reason, just for like sharing clothes and swapping things. But I hear it's like not good at the same time. So I don't really know. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, like it's kind case, of great. We're going to get it over over quickly. But by the time we're both adults, it, it just won't be applicable. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, moving forward. So you started the program. It was the beginning of your summer. It was. And so you were a total newbie with tracking macros, right? Yes. I had tracked calories enough, but I learned very quickly through the program that I'd been doing that in a very general way. I feel like learning how to weigh my own food 
worked out really well for me at the beginning. I didn't want to get too obsessive over it, of course, because of my history. And I was, I could see in myself that if I kept doing it, it would turn into an obsessive thing. Right. Um, right. But at the start, it was really good because it gave me a lot of confidence in, yes, I am nourishing myself correctly. And yes, I am eating enough. But yeah, the macro process was totally new. Um, and aside from like learning that how I'd been measuring food was kind of completely wrong. Um, I also really that? appreciated. Yeah. Oh, just, I feel like it's so easy to be general about things and just sort yeah. of like hop on my fitness pal and be like, yeah, I ate one of those. Like, I ate an <laughs> apple today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just, I didn't know any better. Um, I, but I think that actually worked out like kind of scary t- for me because as I got like more specific with my, I think it's easier to overestimate what you eat than to underestimate. I found on my fitness pal. And so when I actually started tracking properly, like the first week when you sort of like, or the pre week, when you're just like track what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time I was eating or trying to eat more. But I definitely was like looking back and going like, oh, all those times where I thought I was eating enough calories and it turns out I was probably eating like a third of what I probably should have been eating. But like I I did know it, but I also couldn't know it because my tracking was completely wrong. Right. Um, but the macros was a much, much better approach, I think, because I definitely learned like, yes, you need carbs. Yes, you need fat. Don't be afraid to eat those good things. That's what your body works on. Um, Also, just like the sheer amount of protein that you need to eat in a day was a big eye opener for me and something that we've actually been working on as a family, um, getting a lot more protein into our diet. So, yeah, I feel like that was great because it really put it in terms of like nutrition and fuel rather than just like numbers that you're adding up calories are quite like they're quite abstract and I feel like it puts it into like a bit of a zero sum balance where you're just focused on in and out whereas the macros is really brought to the center of my mind like what types of food I'm eating which is great totally and I you said so many amazing things in there and I'm gonna try (laughs) to touch on all of them but I love like, yes, macros is a very eye-opening thing. It's like, mm. it's all about awareness. And no, it's not something that I expect you to do for the rest of your life, especially, like you said, as someone who has kind of an ED history, I think it's great that you realized right away, like straight up, like, okay, I'm not going to do this forever. Like, I'm not going to get obsessive over it because that's also not a good route for me, but no. I'm going to use this as kind of an awareness, learn about the foods I'm eating, learn about what foods I should be eating. And then using that knowledge, keep going, not. Yeah. And uh, I think I actually remember, like, I feel like in one of our first meetings, you were like, you're eating the right sorts of things. You just need to eat more of them. And so it was just about adding like particularly more protein. It was more about extending the amount of food I was eating rather than changing it up. Cause yeah, I'm pretty lucky. My my family, we like, we eat really well. We're very lucky to be able to eat very well, but yes, it was, it was definitely eye-opening to see the amount of food. And I feel like after the first check-in, which I know is the question that's coming next, I remember complaining. I was like, I can't eat this much food. Like I was feeling so full. I couldn't reach my macro goals for the days. It was ridiculous. And thankfully my body has adjusted now and my 
hunger cues are back to normal. But I think when I started, I just wasn't feeling hungry ever because I was fasting, I think, for such extreme times all the time. And I got so good at like just suppressing my hunger cues or ignoring them, you know, doing all the tricks that everybody does when they're stupid, like, and trying to lose weight, like drinking water or having gum or distracting yourself or whatever, like actually eating a normal amount of food. And like, it's a pretty small amount because we're pretty small people was Mm -hmm. just like, I felt like a chipmunk. (laughs) Yeah. And to be clear, like we didn't actually increase your calories that much straight up. No, we didn't. Like yeah. well, I kind of kept it, like you said, I have you track a week before actually giving you macro targets. That way I yeah. can see like where you're currently at, because if I give you like, let's say you were eating 50 grams of protein and I say eat 150 grams of protein, which I wouldn't, but yeah, if I did, I would have died. You would have died. <laughs> you would have not been able to go to the bathroom, like all of these things. It so would have been terrible. Right. So it's really important to see where you're at before I can give you targets. And so when we did that and I saw where your calories and your macros were at, like I couldn't just be like, okay, we're jumping up 500 yeah. calories. That would have been impossible. Which I feel like so, is the important thing about, you know, why it was, well, it's why I was starting to look for someone who was like a coach in the first place, because really there, you know, there are ways of doing this that I, yeah, I just had really no idea, particularly about the protein. Like I just had no idea like how much I should be eating. And I feel like that is a really big reason why I came, came to want to be like to have a nutrition coach in the first place, because, you know, I feel like so much of what we learn about food again, comes from family or comes from eating socially and a lot of people, you know, they're not trained. They have actually no idea about how to approach food. So it's good to get some actual advice. It is crazy how much it's so overlooked and not talked about. Like Mm. it's still so mind boggling to me as a nutrition coach to be like, why is this something that we don't talk about in school? Like, well, I don't know about us schools, but in Australia, we still learn like the 80s or 90s the food centric food food, yeah food pyramid which I feel like I always sort of knew in my head because my family is very much like a meat and veg sort of family which is great but yeah like have that yeah it's all it's all back to front and very very not up to date with what science and the qualified people are telling us these days so it kind of sucks that we have to go through it and learn by ourselves Yeah, totally. So I think that in the US, they do have a new thing now. I think it's like my plate or I don't even know me. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but there is something that's not the food pyramid, but it's still to me, not the greatest information. And Mm. I still don't think that it's as in depth as it needs to be. And I get that it's hard to do that because everyone's so different, but at the same time, I don't know, that's a whole conversation for another time. Yeah. Um, And it's also, I think what people don't understand and should understand uh, is it is really different depending on who you are. Like we're made all different shapes and sizes for a reason. And we all have different cravings and need different food. Like if you're a six foot seven basketball player, you're going to need a lot of different food from a five foot two rock climber. Like it's a very, yeah, a very, very different thing. And I know like, uh, for example, my younger brother, who's 
all of 14, is already like six feet and built like a barn door. And he can eat like everything in plain sight. Whereas I'm like five, two, and I'm very, very selective about what I choose to put in because there's only so much food I can eat in a day. All right. So your brother and your sister are on track to be tall. Are your parents? Yeah. All of my siblings are tall. Um, My parents are, they're not tall, but they're not short. They're a good, like on, yeah, they're a good medium height, but yeah, Lockie's built different. I think he drinks an absurd amount of milk in a week. We calculated it and it's like, I don't know, like 20 liters or something. It's crazy and so I think his bones are just so strong they had to go up because they can't go out (laughs) which has no scientific basis whatsoever to the audience I don't actually think that um but he is unnaturally freakishly tall and developed for a 14 year old it's very funny he can just like if I'm in the kitchen and I'm in the way he'll just like pick me up and move me out of the way or if he, I, he's he's a big cuddler, and but I have to sit on his lap rather than the other way around because he would just squish me. Um, and so he'll just, like, carry me like a baby, <laughs> which is kind of nice and kind of weird. But so does anyone in your family, or, like, is anyone short or are you kind of the, the oddball? I'm just, I, my little nan who's my great grandmother and I are the same sort of size but yeah everyone everyone else is bigger than me but that's okay I've definitely embraced the pocket rocket identity I feel like I'm the same exact way and I will say my grandmother who is probably the other shortest person in my family or was she is was still an inch taller than me so I yeah. am the shortest. I am You're the, the little pocket one. rocket of my family too. <laughs> um, yeah, but my family, I feel like they, this has been happening a lot behind the scenes. And again, I feel like you're right. Food is something that we don't really talk about in a, in a health related way. But as I mentioned, like briefly before, we have definitely as a family been trying to up our protein intake, which has been kind of fun to work on together, particularly because my mom is on this real healthness journey of her own. And, you know, we're not a matriarchal family, but the woman is the neck that turns the head, right? So we've been getting getting more protein into our family's diet. And I remember when you were um, telling me about adding, like when you're making porridge, because I eat a lot of porridge, about putting the egg whites in instead of making it with milk. I was very skeptical. I was like, but they're so fluffy with milk. How could that possibly be true with egg whites? So I made my little sister taste test <laughs> and she guaranteed that it was it was just as fluffy. So that is a tip that we've been sharing even throughout the extended family too because I have some cousins with health issues who are very, very, they're, they're little kids, but they're very small in an almost undernourished sort of way. So I was like, oh, if you're making them porridge, like all I became the protein lady. I was like, all oh, the extra protein is good. So that's funny. I'm so glad that you shared that story with me because that just like made my days. Yeah. I think it's called the fluffy oats in my recipe library. I could be totally wrong on that. I'd like name things and then I rename them and name yeah. them again. So I think well, it's the fluffy I can, oats. Can confirm they do make fluffy oats as someone who loves porridge and it's one of those like staple meals for me. I was mm-hmm. very nervous to sort of mess with it but it it works very well 
Are you hungry for some meals and treats in the perfect petite portions for your fitness goals? I got you covered, girl. Download my free fun size recipe library filled with over 36 recipes made for a petite by a petite. Just go to funsize.life slash recipes for free entry to my collection of healthy recipes. Moving on to kind of the fitness side of things. So as we said, you started this in the summer. And one of the things you straight up told me on your application was that you really wanted to include um, bouldering and rock climbing and hiking and all that because it's really important to you. You love doing it. And it's summertime. So you had all the time in the world to do it. And at one point you went on a three-day hike, which I think is just so brave and amazing of you because you went with one other girl right who was younger than I went with one other girl um yeah previously I have gone by myself which I feel like people look at me like crazy you crazy young woman you're too small why would you do that but yes I went with one another girl who actually she went I don't know whether you guys do Duke of Edinburgh over there it's like this big hiking program they do in schools and she was doing Duke of Edinburgh in her school so I actually became her supervisor which was kind of fun although a little nerve-wracking because she had never done really any big hikes before and I was taking her for like three days in the wilderness um so I was very nervous about like yeah is she gonna be able to walk is she going to be able to walk? Is she going to be faster than me? Because, you know, she's 16, she's fit. You know, that would be even worse. I feel like if I just got left behind. But yeah, it was about, I'm very conscious of translating into US terms, um, like 50Ks, which I think is about 30 miles. And we did it over two half days and one full day. So we spent two nights um, out on the track. And it was definitely the most physically strenuous thing I've done uh, simply because we hiked across the Australian Blue Mountains. So on the second day, I think the the full day that we were there, we walked about 19, 20 Ks, but we summited like three mountains. So it was just like incredibly steep gradients for the majority of the walk, the first day very downhill and then from then very uphill so it was definitely not just like a nice a nice bushwalk it was very physically challenging and I was also you know when you're camping overnight you have to carry all of your food and all your gear um so I think my pack ended up being about 15 kilos which is not too bad but you know when you put it on a five foot two body that's quite a fair bit of weight mm-hmm. the packs are they come up to the back of your head and they're you know as large as your shoulders and torso but I was so so proud of myself because I've done big walks like that before and afterwards I've needed to take like a day or two just to like lie in bed I've been incredibly sore afterwards and that's never stopped me but I've always just sort of thought that that was just how it went Um, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this time I nourished myself so well and was my fitness was a lot better and so I came out of that walk and I was totally fine like it was it was pretty amazing to be able to walk off from something like that and not have your body be a little bit of a wreck from you know doing that sort of thing and I also noticed because I um 
I have quite broad shoulders, which I've learned are a big asset, but I've often been a little self-conscious about because particularly small girls are often petite, like they're often built narrow, whereas I'm still built quite broadly. But I feel like doing something like this was such a testament to the fact that that is a good thing. And having like being strong and having broad shoulders was so useful for me because I could carry the pack really comfortably. Whereas even the other girl that I was with was built really narrow. And the poor thing, like she did so well. I was so proud of her. But every time she shouldered that pack, she couldn't lift it off the ground. She had to like back up into it and put it on and then like walk. Whereas I could kind of just like, whoop, there we go. On, on, on we are. So I feel like it was, it was such a great experience because it really brought to the forefront, like, this is what my body can accomplish. This is what my body can do. My body is so fit and so strong. And I was really, I was out in the middle of nowhere. So I couldn't change my clothes. And I, I didn't look in the mirror for three days. I was saying to my partner, I was like, does my face still look the same? (laughs) Like, it's such a weird feeling when you don't see yourself even for a short period of time. But I feel like that was such a positive thing because we're often so focused on how our body looks. Uh, But our body is a vehicle. It's not an ornament. It's supposed to go out and do things. And I feel like, yeah, very much. I did a lot of bushwalking over the summer, but being out, like doing that for a longer period of time really was a great experience because it made me focus on yeah what it what it could accomplish rather than what it looked like yeah I love that like seriously love that because it's like okay like these are my powerful legs and they can take me places and these are my shoulders they can carry things and it's not so much about like what they look like but what they can do and that's definitely I think that's a huge realization do you think that trip that three-day hike itself was the reason that you started kind of not body checking anymore because I know we've talked about this I definitely I still do it and it's something that I'm working on but it was definitely a turning point to be like oh my goodness I'm so much happier when I'm not doing it and so I think it it was a very like conscious thing to be focusing on but I've found like doing achievements like that and sort of using your body outside of the gym. The gym is a very like controlled environment. Um, And I love going to the gym. I love a good gym session. But the reason that I love and why I wanted to include the sports that I love, like swimming and rock climbing and hiking, is because it's nice to have something to train for. And it's nice to sort of test what your body can do outside of that controlled environment. Like it's great if you get a personal best in your weightlifting for that program like that's fantastic but when you can see it translate in like oh my goodness I can carry a really heavy pack when I'm hiking or oh my goodness I can play volleyball for two hours and not get puffed anymore or I'm keeping up with my friends when they're running even though their legs are longer than mine or whatever like having those social physical goals outside of the gym are really like great and I find it really really rewarding And also they are really good ways of marking progress and sort of when you do have bad body image days or you are body checking, I try and remind myself, like, you're hating on this body right now, Jessica, but like, this is the body that lugged you up three mountains that day. Or like, this is the body that just got a personal best on that rock climbing set or, you know, whatever. Like when you're focusing on like 
damn, this is what my body accomplishes for me. Like this is the body that hugs my family. This is the body that has my premium brain inside that like, it's a, it's a much more positive way of viewing yourself than like, ew, my stomach looks larger than usual because I had food. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. So speaking of the gym, how has your confidence in the gym changed since working with me? I feel like it has increased exponentially. I know when we were chatting last week, I was talking about like how much more confident I feel taking up space in the gym, um, which I feel like is something that is not often talked about for new people to come into the gym is a very scary thing. Cause like, it looks like a medieval torture chamber in there. Let's be real. And all of, all of like, I feel like when you're an underconfident person and you're putting yourself in an environment that is almost majoritively filled with very fit people who look like what you want to look like. It's just like, Oh, I'll just stand back and watch. It's intimidating. Yeah. It's very intimidating. Um, and I am not, I, I feel like body, it's important to separate body image and confidence because I have poor body image, but I'm actually a very confident person. And I don't usually feel intimidated coming into new environments, but the gym, definitely. I feel like my inner voice was very much like, ah, what are you doing? You're probably using that wrong. Everyone is laughing at you. Like it, you feel very self-conscious, but I feel like having a set program and having those like for anyone who doesn't know, like in the fun size app, having the little videos that demonstrate how to use things has given me a lot of confidence that my gym sessions are effective and they're strategic. Um, And so I can go up to this equipment and go like, hell yeah, I'm fit and strong and I can use this equipment and I can take up this space because, you know, I'm on a program and I know what I'm doing. Like it's been a great mindset shift. And I feel like the more confident you are, the more you enjoy it, which then is this cycle of, you know, you want to go because you're actually enjoying yourself rather than just lugging yourself there because you don't want to. Like yesterday morning, um, today today is my rest day, but I was thinking about maybe taking it yesterday because I'd done like a couple of days of more intense physical activity in a row and my, my lats were a bit sore from <laughs> climbing. And I was like, oh, I could, I could probably like just change my alarm and roll over. And then at 6am, my body was like, nope, it's gym day, it's gym time. And I got there and I expected to just be like tired and grumpy, but I had the best workout and I was like dancing between my supersets. It was hilarious. I was laughing at myself. So I feel like, yeah, having that strategic organized program made me a lot more confident. And then that confidence made me enjoy it a lot more. I love how you said that confidence is not body image. They're not the same thing. No. And I feel like it's, that is something that people get really mixed up about. And it, it goes the opposite way too. I think if you, you come across as a confident person, which I am, it's very hard for people to go like, well, why do you have issues in that sort mm-hmm. of department then? Cause you're so confident. It's like, yeah, I'm very confident in who I am. I'm not always confident in what I look like. Right. Which is an interesting separation. Yeah. And how is your body image now versus when you started? It's a lot better. As I said, focusing on the accomplishments my body makes 
is a very, very good thing. And, you know, to preface this, I have lost some weight over the program. Um, I think I mentioned before I dropped a couple of dress sizes, which is always nice. But I think I'm, it, it has definitely improved um, 100%. But I also think I'm getting a lot better at managing bad days. Um, so I know on Monday, I wasn't feeling very great. And it was for the stupidest reason, as body image crises often are that I'd been hiking on Sunday with one of my friends and we were like oh, we went to this you know beautiful spot um outside of Canberra in the national parks and oh you know obviously being two young girls our first priority is documenting it and making sure we look cute while we're hiking and so I took super cute pictures of her and the photos that she took of me were terrible which I was like, okay, you're not designated camera person anymore. But I was looking at them afterwards and I was like, am I, do I have a bald spot at the back of my head? Like, oh my God, I look so like fat and bald in these photographs. Of course I'm not fat or bald, but I just, uh, yeah. And I think, you know, it can be a really small thing, but then, you know, obviously it spirals out of control and Uh you're being like, what is going on? And I feel like previously I would have just, you know, tried to cancel everything that day and hole up in bed and watch Netflix. But now I can sort of have a bit of forgiveness for myself and be like, yep, you're feeling this right now. This is why you're feeling this. And that's very valid. But we're just going to put on some comfy clothes. We're going to get about the day as usual. You know, just like having that sort of forgiveness and understanding for what you're feeling, but also discipline in your actions. So you're not letting your behavior spiral out of control. So internally, I feel like having that forgiveness and self-love and then externally having the discipline to keep your behavior in check, that combination. And then, you know, by the afternoon, I was totally fine. I was like, what was I worried about? I look amazing. And then I got changed into cute clothes and we just went on with the day. But yeah, one thing I definitely have found incredibly useful is having like a little, I know when I talked to you about body image in the first place, you suggested journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I tried journaling on and off, but this time I found something that is the best thing ever, which I will recommend to anyone who has bad body image, which is to have um, an online visual diary. So what I did, because I am on Instagram a lot, Aside from personal use, I've managed several accounts for different like volunteer organizations. So I'm on there doing social PR stuff quite a fair bit. Um, And so what I did was set up a totally private, separate Instagram account, which only I'm the only person who follows it. And so I like post cute pictures of myself or I recreate like reels that fun like the influencers do or whatever, just like in a fun, creative way for myself. And then randomly those videos that I create because I follow that account, then they randomly ambush me when I'm in like scrolling through my normal feed, which I feel like is such an interesting psychological thing because seeing myself out of context in a confident, real, but sort of like romanticized way has had such a positive impact on how I view myself because I'm really like putting myself up alongside fitness influencers and people that you often like idolize and you think, oh, like they have it all together because, you know, they're on Instagram. 
And so, you know, I see like Kia's posts and I see other fitness influence that I follow, but then I see myself and I'm looking amazing because I feel happy and I am in charge of my health. So that has been like a very, very sneaky strategy. Um, And of course, you know, it's totally private, so I can post whatever I want. I can do it. I do a lot of dorky reels. The last one I posted was me just like dancing to Shawn Mendes because I was feeling so hyped up. Yeah, Um, I think that idea is absolutely brilliant. Like when you told me that, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Like, that is amazing. It's so so smart because you're right. Like you are seeing it. Like the thing about journaling is that you're only going to see those journal entries when you Mm. go to look for them. If you go to look for them, like I have an online journal that I just write in. I don't, I don't ever go back and look at what I wrote unless I'm searching for something, but yeah, normally I don't look at what I wrote, but like in this case, you are doing the work, writing it out, making yourself look cute and all that. And then yeah. you see it later when you're on your other accounts. And I just think yeah. that. Yeah. And it's so really smart. like a little personal billboard for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such a private place to be like, to just unashamedly cheer yourself on, which yeah. I feel like is something that particularly I think women need to be, I mean, men are often very, I feel like very good at being confident in that they are willing to celebrate their own achievements where Mm -hmm. I feel like women we often step back and we go like oh you know like it wasn't just me like it was all Kirsten and whilst it is a larger part to you like you know I have achieved a lot recently and I'm very very proud of how much (laughs) I'm working on myself you know like we we should be able to cheer ourselves on for our own achievements so I feel like by you like Instagram is a great tool to celebrate things right like that's why we post stuff we're wanting we're proud of something or you know we want to share things and so by doing that in a private way I'm really like saying you know like I'm doing well my body belongs here like I look amazing today my eyeliner is on point or you know like look at how cute I look in these jeans or whatever and it's like it's so much fun I love it Another thing that you have been doing that I think is also amazing is not body checking. Um, So I know last time we talked, you talked about the mirrors in the elevators or the lifts of your. Yes. New mirrors in the elevator lift. It's terrible. And I also feel like for anyone who has had like ED history or for anyone who body checks a lot, um, coming across mirrors and reflections of yourself is just very frustrating I feel like because you're already feeling self-conscious and then you like catch yourself out of your periphery and you're like ah do I do I really look like that right now what's going on and then you're out of the present and into your own head so I've really been trying to avoid mean reflective surfaces (laughs) like you know I feel like you know when you see yourself in a car window you don't actually look like what you look like in a car window because in a car window, your head looks wobbly and my head is not wobbly. It's well screwed Yeah, up. and you're like smushed and like... And you're all yeah. smushed and stuff. And I feel like as well, you know, this sounds kind of crazy, but like some mirrors are meaner than others. Like they the are. some mirrors yeah. will display you very differently depending on the lighting or the shape of the mirror or the angle that you stand at it on. And it's very hard. Like I have two mirrors in this apartment. And it sounds crazy, but in one of them, I look great. And in one of them, I look terrible. So I'm just, you know, I'm actively looking at myself in the great mirror. My mirror in my garage, like it's not against the wall perfectly. Like my boyfriend put like these like wooden things behind it so that it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be pressed right into the wall. 
and there's like this one spot like on the upper right corner of it where it just makes me look so weird but like if I shift a little bit to the left yeah it's I look crazy great. and I'm like it's crazy so weird I, yeah, absolutely and like where whether you're standing further away or closer to it so I think the point the the point of this conversation is that mirrors can be smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. and that sometimes we get a little too obsessed with our own reflection so yeah I've been trying to actively like if I'm walking past a set of glass windows you know you don't check whether your pants are still fitting you just and if you are looking at yourself I'm trying to actively say before I look at myself or while I'm looking at myself like dang you look fantastic or you know before those elevator doors are opening and I know I'm going to be confronted with my morning face I'm going to be like I look so cute today and I feel like when you're doing that what you're doing is controlling the story inside your own head like humans are narrative-based creatures and no story is more important than our own story so when we're controlling the story inside of our head instead of letting our stupid underconfidence controlling that story you know we're putting ourselves back in charge of our own narrative which is a very very powerful and important thing to do yeah and that's almost what you're doing with the instagram profile Mm, exactly that's very very true yeah and i feel like for anyone who does like that idea and wants to do it like just enjoy it don't none of my photos are like super posed like before and after photos that they're, they're just like boomerangs of me quirking mm-hmm. my eyebrows or like videos of me lip syncing to things or you know just like a candid selfie or something fun where I feel in the moment that I'm very proud of something that I did or that I feel very happy or that I think I had a good hair day or something like that mm-hmm. and I definitely find like you know, a lot of evenings, if I'm feeling tired or if I'm feeling a bit gross, I go back and look through that feed and I'm like, oh yeah, look at how cute I am. It's great. So it's, yeah, I would definitely recommend it for anyone who has some body image issues or something like it just to celebrate yourself. For sure. Now, aside from body image and kind of mindset stuff, you accomplished something huge throughout the 16 weeks. And I do want to touch on it. So can you talk a little bit about how you got your cycle back and all of yes, that? All of the non-scale victories. Yes. Um, yes. So there had, obviously there have been some scale victories. I've been working very hard on my health and that is finally starting to show up, which is very exciting in a in an aesthetic way. Um, But the non-scale victories have been huge. And I feel like they're really more important in terms of my actual health. Um, So yes, in in the three years previous, my period has been very walkabout. Um, And I went to several, several doctors about it, like, oh, you know, like, it's been missing for quite a while. And the tendency was always just to say like, oh, you know, you're stressed, you, you study you're stressed. Don't worry about it. It'll appear when you're not stressed. Um, which yeah, is my a, thing I when like... I told the doctors that they were like, oh yeah, you're a healthy young female. I'm like, wait, a healthy young female should have her cycle. Though. Should like, have a period. Definitely. Healthy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because hormonal issues and cycle issues are so common among 
young women, they are taken as normal, but common and normal are not the same thing. Exactly. Um, Which I feel like learning about my cycle has been, you know, a fantastic side note of this program. Um, even though it, you don't really directly address hormonal stuff, we've had a lot of really good conversations about it and I've led on to a lot of, it's put me onto a lot of good reading. Um, but yes, um, throughout this program, I got my cycle back, which is amazing. I think I just finished my fourth normal cycle, which is very, very exciting for me. A little bit annoying over the summer to get your period back when you're trying to swim 24-7, but you know, it it's a healthy thing. So I'm not complaining. Also, uh, what else has happened? Like everything. So a, a lot of muscle development, I feel like I can flex now, which is very <laughs> nice. And it, and it keeps coming. I feel like I keep discovering new muscles, which is very cool. And it's I was so motivating sitting, too, right? Like once you see it, you're like, definitely. I was sitting in this exact chair the other day and I had like a sore like in the wing of my back. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I was moving it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that, that part of me could move. There you go. I'm like just sitting alone in my room studying, like flexing my back muscles. And I feel like, I mean, some other amazing non-scale victories that I've had, aside from all the mental stuff, like just physically, my hair is getting so much thicker, which is brilliant. And also does wonders for your confidence when you have, nicer shinier thicker hair mm-hmm. um but I've also noticed my nails are growing so much faster my skin I've had quite bad cystic acne throughout my teens and my skin is clearing up a lot more like all Isn't of those it amazing things. what happens when you feel your body it's so amazing it finally has enough to do all of the things that it oh. needs to do and like the energy so I mean I feel like I've touched on quite a few times like my study is huge. I'm studying full-time, working part-time. I'm a very busy, overachieving, overworked person. I love that um, about <laughs> I love it about me too, but I always got to the end of the year and sort of expected to be burnt out or, you know, you hit the weekend with a running stop. But oh, I feel I'm so like I'm so excited now, to hear about like the end of your semester. Yeah, now I'm feeling myself so much better. I can tell my energy levels are so much higher already, mm-hmm. which for someone who is trying to take over the world is a really, really important thing to actually be able to have the energy to do it and have some leftover. Like I think I was, I think we weren't recording when I was telling you this story, but literally yesterday after going to the gym at six o'clock in the morning and like studying nonstop, I had like back-to-back lectures for like nine hours yesterday and came home and was studying more. And I was so excited about what I was doing because I love engineering and I love what I'm learning that I was literally, I needed to go to office works to get sticky notes. And I ran to office works in the rain because I was so excited and so full of energy. You didn't tell me it was raining. It was raining. I know it was raining and I was running and I felt like I was high, but it was just because I have so much energy and I love what I'm doing so much that I feel like such a badass, but it's such an incentive. I feel like for people, not only to find something that they're very passionate about to do in life, but also to accommodate your lifestyle so that you can actually pursue those passions in a, in a successful way. Yeah. So lots of, lots of little non-scale victories, which has been great. 
I love that. So now you're back at school. The 16 week program has ended. What's next for you? Like, what is your plan moving forward? Yes. Well, my plan, I'm going to keep doing the fun size workouts, which I'm super excited about. For me, that decision was very much based on how busy I am. My schedule is kind of insane. I think I'm very much a Hermione Granger. I really need a time turner. There are about <laughs> that, is, that is literally the perfect analogy for you. It like is that the is perfect who you analogy. are. There are about four places in my timetable where I need to be in two places at once. So not having to think about my workouts and knowing that they are keeping me on a path to achieve my goals is a very, it's a big relief for me to just be able to follow the program. And as absolutely 110% much as I'm, you know, happy where I am right now and loving the body that is taking me on this journey. I do have some aesthetic goals that I'm excited to keep working towards. And, you know, there, there is always room for improvement. So I feel like Mm -hmm. sticking with the fun size workouts is a good move for me in that regard with my nutrition stuff. I really, I feel like during this program distilled down a couple of like strong staples that hold my meal planning and eating together which is great for me. I love food, but I'm terrible at cooking. Um, So having a couple of really good things that I want to eat every day and I love eating and that are, you know, packed with all of the things I need to be eating. I'm sort of working around there and transitioning from, I think over the program, I transitioned from like tracking and weighing everything to sort of tracking, but doing it more intuitively rather than measuring everything and weighing it. Um, and now I'm sort of transitioning into like entirely intuitive eating. So now that my hunger cues are back <clears throat> and then I feel a lot more confident in I'm hungry and that's okay. And this is what I can eat. And this is what I need to eat. I'm excited to sort of leave the tracking behind um, and just eat based off what I need to eat intuitively. Um, so yeah, I have a really big year of study coming up. So I'm very, very excited to be in a position where I feel very confident managing my own health. And I feel like, I feel like what I'm doing is sustainable, which I think is a very big thing for anyone who is wanting to make big lifestyle changes in an exercise or nutrition area. You really like, and that's the other bad thing about restriction it's not sustainable. Like restriction is part of a restriction and binge cycle. So I feel like definitely this program and all the work that I've been doing alongside it has been very, very powerful in creating habits that are sustainable and habits that I enjoy because I know we talked about when I was exiting the program, like how many workouts I wanted to do. And I really wanted to like have that be flexible around the fact that I love going rock climbing twice a week and that that's incredibly strenuous and a full body workout by myself. Cause you know, it's bouldering and there's no ropes and whatever. And then I want to go hiking on Sundays and all of that sort of thing. So I'm in a place where my habits, I feel like they reflect who I am and they're enjoyable, but they're also healthy. And it means I want to get out of bed and go to the gym, Yeah, which is great. I love this because Okay. So I will say that you've accomplished so much over the last 16 weeks that most people, it takes them at least double that time or Mm -hmm. longer. Like 
it took me so long. Like it took me years to get a good mindset around food and like fix that, those like negative relationships and stuff like that. But you've accomplished that plus getting your cycle back, plus having more confidence in the gym, plus all these things. It's just overachieving. (laughs) And I love that. And I, I really, really do. And I just, I just wanted to like, kind of bring that again to light and be like, Hey, like this is this person who is so young and had all these things. And now she's totally like been able to change that and create good habits for herself in such a short amount of time. It's totally possible for a lot of people to do that, but also know that it takes some people longer than others. So, yeah. And I would also say, which I feel like I've been trying to show, you know, throughout this conversation that, you know, just because I feel amazing now and I'm eating really well, it doesn't mean that there aren't days where you feel shit and, you know, in the back of your mind that you're thinking like, oh, but I ate more yesterday. And so I should work out this evening. But I feel like you've really just got to be so, you know, the first step is just being self-conscious of it, like being self-aware and being like, I'm, I'm feeling this and recognizing what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. And then choosing the behavior that follows it rather than living in a sort of action and reaction cycle. Um, But also one thing that I started working on probably since January onwards, like through this program has been starting to tackle foods that I was scared of or would have like binged on while I was restricting, which I was kind of learning about how once you start to introduce those foods back into your diet, Um, in a really balanced and moderated manner, they lose their power over you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I remember like we worked on sort of fitting the occasional like donut or whatever, like into my macros. But what I started to do was like having, having my set meal plan for the day that, you know, fits all of my macros. And then I would just, basically, I just started having dessert. I started having like a bit of chocolate after dinner, or if my family went out to go to get ice cream, I would get ice cream. And some days I didn't feel like it because I was full. But other days I got up and I was like, you know what? I really, I love chocolate and I just need some chocolate. But I feel like by allowing myself to do that, I am I can just have a bit. I don't feel like, oh my goodness, I haven't had chocolate in weeks and now I need to eat the whole block, which, you know, is a, is a terrible feeling, particularly if you do go and do it, you know, wouldn't recommend so I feel like once you're, once you're feeling more confident with your nutrition, being able to add those things back in is a very, very important step to healing your relationship with food and making sure that you're not slipping back into that sort of restrictive cycle or mindset. Because once you start labeling things as like good and bad, I feel like it's so not good for the way that you perceive food. So I feel like, I've been, yeah, I've been really conscious of like, that it's not good food or bad food. Some food might be more nutritious, but, you know, chocolate for me, it's very important for my soul. It's very important for my mental well-being. And so being able to have a bit of chocolate, you know, that's a very healthy thing if you're doing it in moderation. I feel like that is a very healthy mindset to be able to have. I'm so happy you bring this up because I feel like there are a lot of times where people are like, oh, I don't want to do the 16 week program because I feel like I'm going to have to eat super healthy for 16 weeks and I don't think I can do it. And in your case, like, no, including those foods was super important to be healthy for you. 
So everyone's different. Everyone's going to have a different experience in the 16 week program. But for someone like you, like incorporating those things back in is healthy, is part of the process. Yeah, for sure. And having that accountability and help to do that is super. For sure. And it's totally not like, you know, like, oh my goodness, I'm incorporating a donut into my macros every day. Like I probably had two over the summer, but being able to go like after, you know, after a long day, when you've eaten, you know, you've, eaten the amount of protein that you need to eat you've eaten really nutritiously and consistently and fueled yourself well no one should be afraid of adding in things that they like to eat during that day you know if you're having a snack have a coffee that you love or you know have some dessert or have your dessert for afternoon tea or whatever like because I feel like in real life we don't want to live in restriction and I personally did not want to be afraid of, you know, when you have a movie night at your best friend's house, you want to eat the ice cream when you're watching <laughs> rom-coms and crying. Like, yeah. or you want to have the ice cream, out, the popcorn, all the things. Popcorn, or, you know, if you go out, you want to be able to have some, have food out with your friends or yeah. like, and that's healthy. healthy. See, like eating that is healthy yeah it's not just it's not the same as eating like clean if you're eating healthy it's a very balanced thing and Mm -hmm. like life is too short to be scared to go over to someone's house for dinner because you don't know what they're making or like life is too short to walk past the kitchen and not eat the cookies that your younger sister made like Mm -hmm. that's just not fun if everyone else is having ice cream and you really want to eat ice cream Life is so sad if you can't just go, yeah, well, I want a double yeah. scoop of chocolate ice cream. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, it's worse. We're, we're so much more than what we eat. Mm-hmm. Another thing mm-hmm. you touched on that I just want to kind of bring up again is that even though like you've accomplished so much over the last 16 weeks, it's not like you're healed and you'll never have to think about mm-hmm. any of these things again. It's not like you won't have to work on your body image ever again. It's something that's always going to be worked on and thought about and just aware of that. Like you'll have to keep working on the rest of your life. And that's not a daunting sure. thing, but it's more of a, okay, I realize this and I accept this. Mm. And now and I'm I not think- going to be on a diet for the rest of my life because I understand no, exactly of all of exactly. That. And I think when you start appreciating your body and that, you know, you're on a, a, on a really good path with your health, which I feel at the moment, like I feel so excited with all of the lifestyle changes that I've made that that's an exciting thing to be on a journey. But also I read this thing recently, which was very eye-opening to me and such a good point, which is as humans, we so often, we hate the process. We just want to skip to the ending Mm -hmm. of it. When we, you know, when we're lighter and tighter already. And I mean, like the old Jess probably would have been a bit frustrated that I didn't lose more weight during this program, even though I did. But I feel like, the body that we are hating on, like for me, the body that I was hating on all of those months ago, that is the body that is getting me through this. That is the body that decided that enough was enough. Like don't hate your before, don't hate your process because the process is the powerful part. Like sure, it's fantastic if you have abs and you're all fit and toned and you look great in your jeans, but like 
the hard part is done behind the scenes. So celebrate yourself for that and be proud of yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. It's your, it's your body who's doing all the hard work. Right. That process is what makes you proud. Exactly. The end result. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I just want to hug you through the screen. <laughs> Whenever you come to the States, I, I am so going excited to, like, to come drive to, to find you. I will be, I can't wait. It's going to be a short, a short reunion. It's yes. going to be amazing. Small reunion. <laughs> Lots of love though. <laughs> totally. Okay. So one last question. What would you say to someone who is on the fence about signing up for this program? Ah. <sighs> I would say make the jump, just do it. You don't know what you're missing until you start working on it. And that's true of this program, but true of just working on your health in general. I like, I started joining this program and I did want to lose weight and I still have some aesthetic goals that I'm working on. But the main takeaways honestly haven't been the fact that I've dropped a couple of dress sizes. The main takeaways have been, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast, all of this behavior reshaping, all of this knowledge, all of these skills that I've learned, the confidence to show up in the gym, loving exercise as a way to celebrate my body and enjoy my life rather than punishing myself. And those are things that you don't really get to enjoy or experience. Like I would never have known what I was missing out on if I hadn't jumped into this program. Um, and so I feel like for anyone who feels really frustrated or alone or you, you're working on your health and you're getting nowhere or you are overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, having the program there is such a good step to take because it just gives you that extra push and accountability and guidance. And I feel like also we delay working on ourselves until we get to this point of desperation. Like for me, I really had to get to a point where I was like, I cannot fix this the way that I've been trying to fix it Mm -hmm. and there's this great quote like if being hard on yourself worked it would have worked already like if stopping eating and over exercising in the gym worked I would have the flattest abs imaginable but it doesn't loving yourself is the thing that works and so I feel like you have to recognize that no matter how desperate or ashamed or frustrated you feel like you're enough right now and you're worth it right now there's no point putting it off when you could enjoy the benefits of it longer on the other side like you may as well just sort of make the jump to work on yourself or join the program or whatever that looks like for you and yeah I would also say just trust the process you don't always know what you're getting out of it until you're on the other side like for me to start off with I would was looking at my before and after photos and, you know, I haven't lost a huge amount of weight again, like a little bit, but not as much as I would have liked maybe at the beginning that that was my mindset, but I have gained so much more in like the non-scale victories of like having nicer hair and being more emotionally resilient when it comes to body image and all of those things that you don't necessarily think about. So yes, I would say make the jump, trust the process. all of of the cliche things. I love it. I feel like I'm going to pull like 10,000 quotes out of what you just said. Like they're just (laughs) good little chunks in there. (laughs) It's so good. Start a t-shirt business. Yeah, you should. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the show today and just being the bright light that you are. You are just, Thanks. I mean, you said it yourself, high achieving, but damn, girl, <laughs> like all power to you, like for getting me through this journey. It has been fantastic. And I'm very excited to finally meet you, hopefully, when I'm over in the US next year, because I have, have such a bond with you now. Oh, I love it. It's been such a pleasure to work with you. And this is not goodbye. I said it last time on our call. Like, this is not goodbye because you're still in the app, but we can still talk. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We'll spam you with pictures of my hiking. I feel terrible. She sends the most beautiful pictures of her hikes and stuff. It's just been like, I felt so so guilty though, because I obviously I did it over the Australian summer, which is the US winter. So I was like, woohoo in the ocean and out with waterfalls and swimming it's like everything is so green and everyone else is like freezing their little butts off in america yep, yeah I was but well toned butts because the workouts are amazing <laughs> have you started the subscription the new workout yes i have done i did my first day. monday right yeah i started my first ones on monday and it's going really well it's actually been such a mess with um, COVID over here. There's a lot of people who are sick in my building. So um, on Monday, I got down to the gym and realized that the gym was closed because they didn't want anyone sharing COVID. But I was trying to retain my habits. So I went for a run instead, which I'm not a huge run person, but I saw lots of little rabbits, which were very cute. Um, but yesterday I did, I did a workout and it was, it was amazing. <laughs> Dancing my way through the gym. Amongst all the Captain America types, there was a little Jess dancing her way through her supersets. We have to find a a superhero name for you. (laughs) I'll message you if I get any good ideas. (laughs) Perfect.